Thank you for joining me today on the Brian Quick Experience Podcast, Episode 4. If this is your first time, thank you so much for joining today's episode. My name is Brian Quick and I am the host. I'm a speaker, percussionist, and consultant. If you're a CEO of a company or a manager of a company and you have employees and you want to see growth in your company, email me at www.brianquick.net. I would love to come and just talk and consult with your company and with your employees and, and show them how to grow and how to make more money to make more freedom to be able to do things in their life that they've always dreamed of. If you're a preacher or a worship leader or on staff at a church and you want to see your congregation grow, if you want to see your worship team just get, take it to the next level, email me at www.brianquick.net on my website. You can find my email through there. And I would love to come and work with your worship team, speak to your people, and just help you see growth and see vision over your entire church. I like to start out every episode with a fact of the day. And so... If you're an iPhone user, which I am, I love Apple. All my products are Apple. Um, I feel like that's kind of how it is. If you're an Apple user, you carry only Apple, whether it's your MacBook Pro, or your phone, your iPad, your iPod. Um, and you don't really see too many people have an, a, a PC and an Apple product. Sometimes it happens, but not all the time. But if you specifically have an Apple phone and you accidentally release, re, excuse me, erase something you just typed on your phone, you can undo the action by simply shaking the phone. By simply shaking the phone. So I'm going to get to the topic of the day. And now the topic is going to be when the word is in our heart. When the word is in our heart. Joshua 1.8 says, Never stop speaking about this instruction scroll. Recite it day and night so you can carefully obey everything written in it. Then you will accomplish your objectives and you will succeed. Then you will accomplish your objectives and you will succeed. I want to start out by asking you a question. Do you think that there is a difference between accomplishment and success? Do you think that there is a difference between accomplishment and success? Accomplishment, by definition, is measured in terms of impact. It's a matter of using the gifts that we all have, okay, that we all have, that we all carry, we all have energy, we all have the same amount of time, we all have a certain amount of intellect and the ability to accomplish objectives that carry on to a bigger purpose and larger goals. Okay? Accomplishment is how we achieve the small things on every single level. But is it different than success? Wouldn't you say that if you were successful in something that you accomplished that something? But I think it's how we use accomplishment. Okay, we can practice shooting a bow and arrow at a foam target in your backyard all day long. You can practice shooting a bow and arrow all day long in your backyard. And you can hit right in the bullseye. And that's an accomplishment, right? But if you're a hunter, the whole purpose of practicing and, and accomplishing the goals of hitting it in where the spot you want to hit it at is so that when you're actually in the setting and actually shooting a deer, you can actually get the kill and go home successful. But killing that deer can be both accomplishing and successful, right? So is there a difference between accomplishment and success? Now, as for success individually, let me go ahead and be honest with you. I think it's slightly overrated. Okay, sure, it feels good to succeed, and we should strive for success. But for er for some reason, the world makes success seem like it is everything, doesn't it? The world, the people 
a lot of people think that success is the only way. You either fail or you succeed. You either fail or you succeed. You either win or you lose. I mean, we're taught how to plan for success. We're taught how to execute success, measure success, dress for success, advertise for success, and even enjoy success. But what a lot of people don't realize and what we don't know is the so-called term making it needs to be addressed because it comes with a bigger target on your back and more responsibility. So success, success is not just something that is just living it up every single day. With success comes responsibility and a bigger target on your back. I like to think of success as like caramel syrup. I love caramel syrup. I'm a coffee drinker, but I'm one of these sweet coffee drinkers. I don't like my coffee black. I wish I did. I need to start. It's good for you to drink it black. It's not good for you to drink it the way I drink it. But I like to put caramel in my coffee, like Starbucks and, and such places like that. I like my coffee sweet. But if you get too much of it, if you get too much caramel, even though it's good, and if you get it on all over your hands or all over your mouth, it can get sticky. And then once you drink too much of it, it'll give you a, a stomach ache. Success, success is kind of like that. It's so good. But too much of it too quickly can be slightly damaging. So what is the most primary way to achieve accomplishment as a believer? What is the single most primary way to achieve accomplishment as a believer? And this is the answer that I have for you. Spending time with God in God's Word. It may sound simple, but living our lives through God's Word is the single most important thing we can do on this earth. When I go play golf, um, I haven't played in a while, but I used to play a lot, two or three times a week. Um, but when I go play golf, I sometimes don't want to take this certain approach shot. It's called a layup. Um, simply a layup is when you want to hit it on the edge of the green or kind of softly hit it up there onto the green so that you don't have to um, chance of a risk of hitting a bad shot. Golf is a strategic game, and sometimes it is smart to hit a layup. Now, but and for some reason in my mind, and this is why I don't play pro golf, and this is why I just play for fun, but I pay, in my mind, I paid for the game, and golf can be kind of expensive. And let me, let me be honest with you, I didn't pay to play layups. I, played, I paid to play aggressively. Now, don't get me wrong, like I said earlier, sometimes laying up is a smarter approach, and I will do that. But I'm not going to lie, it feels better to play aggressively and make a good shot. But, you know, I don't believe that God intends us to live a life full of merely hitting layups. I think he wants us to be aggressive. I think he wants us to be effective, and I think he wants us to have accomplishment. But I don't think we need to live our whole lives just hitting safe shots. Joshua 1.8 says, Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Your lips. Meditate on it. Day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. You see, there was no time to hit a layup. 
There was no time to hit a layup. What God was really saying to Joshua about the relationship between accomplishment and the time spent in his word was that he needed to focus more on God's word instead of the world. See, if you're wanting to lose weight, it takes time and a lot of discipline. Or if you're wanting to gain muscle, it takes a lot of time and, and discipline. It's not a race. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. I know that's a very common saying, but it is. It's a good one. It's not a race. It's a marathon. If you try to lose too much weight or gain too much muscle too quickly, you could result in injury, burnout, loss of relationships. You could lose money or simply, the worst of all cases, give up. There's nothing good in rushing things, but taking your time and focus on the process, learning and growing real result in a healthy lifestyle and good results. Think long-term, not short-term. And I think that's what God was telling Joshua. Joshua was ordered to take the long view. To do so, he needed to focus more on the Word instead of the world. And that's what we need to do. Focus on God's Word all day, day and night, as much as you can, instead of what the world has to tell us. We must give the Word of God primary consideration if we are to have accomplishment and success, pure accomplishment and success. Sure, I know atheists who are very successful according, according to the world's standards, standards. But what is all that success, world success, have, have to do with anything? There's no love and true meaning behind it. You have to surround yourself with the word. Read it. Memorize it. Meditate on it. And obey it. Guys, you want to know how to be successful? It's in God's Word. You want to know how to answer some tough questions in life that you may be asked? It's in God's Word. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day and night. There it is again, day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. And guess what, guys? Listen to this. This is interesting at the end of this. Whatever they do prospers. Now, doesn't it just say in Joshua 1 8, then you will prosper? You see, there's almost, in fact, I'm going to take that back. There isn't, there's not almost, it is. When you live by God's word, when you study, meditate, pray, saturate yourself with God's word, you will prosper. It doesn't say you might or probably. It says you will be prosperous. Whatever you do, you will prosper. So guys, you want to you wanna know for a 100% sure fact that you're going to be successful in life? You want to know for a fact that you're going to prosper? Read God's word. Obey it. Now, I'm not saying you won't have difficult times and difficult roads and, and issues. God doesn't say that. That won't happen. That's how we grow. But you will prosper. Have you ever stepped in grass when it has rained a lot and the grass is fully saturated with water and then when you step on the water, it raises and pours over your feet? One of the worst feelings, in my opinion, is getting your socks and shoes wet. I hate getting my socks and shoes wet. Period. I hate it. I just can't stand it. But 
On the contrary to that, don't you think that's how we should be when we go into our everyday lives? The negativity of the world? The temptation of the world? Don't you think that we should be so saturated with the Word of God that in times of distress, God's Word just pours out of us because we are so fully saturated? And if you, I know we're all busy. I know we have busy lifestyles. We don't have time to sit down for 35, 45, 50 minutes a day to read. But something I like to do is just simply read a verse in the Proverbs in the morning. The Proverbs are full of wisdom for our everyday lives. My word, you can just read a verse a day, and that'll be, that'll be so much wisdom right there just for your day. Matthew 12, 24 says, You broad of vipers. How can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks of what the heart is full of. I thought about that. and In other words, what it's saying there, what Matthew says, is what a person talks about a little, he has thought about a lot. What a person talks about a little, he has thought about a lot. You can tell how someone thinks and what they think about just by having a simple five-minute conversation with somebody. It's not hard. What a person talks about a little, he has thought about a lot. I want to go back to Joshua 1.8 again. He says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Guys, your conversations need to be of the Word of God. If they're not of the Word of God, you need to reevaluate you need to self-adjust, especially if you call yourself a Christian, especially if you live and walk in the Word of God. If we give primary consideration to the Word of God, our conversations will be filled with the Word of God naturally. God's Word is not the only food we need, guys, but guess what? It is the seasoning as well. It's not the only food we need, but it's the seasoning as well. Be so biblically sound. Oh, this is good. Be so biblically sound that if a person argues about your word to you, it's not you they have an argument with. It's God. Whew. Isn't that good? If a person argues about your word to you, it's not you they have an argument with. It's not you. It's God. You have to be so biblically sound. So biblically sound, guys. Read, study, pray. Because Proverbs 15, 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a shameful word stirs up anger. That verse, mm, that verse gets to me because one thing that I will be honest that I struggle with is sometimes I have an attitude. I'm, a, I'm slightly short-tempered at times. Um, and I can get very moody pretty quickly. Um, I just tend to, to snap kind of quickly. And I've worked on it. It's something I've always been, something I've worked on. And sometimes it's so easy for me just to say something shameful. And it just comes out before I think. But you know what? When I do that, I notice I don't study the scriptures as much. I know that I'm, I'm not saturating the word of God. But when I'm saturating myself with the word of God, I notice myself. I notice my words change. I'm preaching to myself here, but men, how do you speak to your wife? Do you talk to her in a gentle voice? Do you answer her gently? Or do you shame her with words and then stir up anger? 
really we blame the women for being emotional, but guys, are we stirring them up with sinful words? And women, are you lifting up your husbands? Or are you shaming them with discouragement and pressure? How are we speaking to our kids? Are we teaching our children how to gently answer to people? Or are we teaching them how to be shameful pricks? Mm. We have to know how to speak to people. We have to know how to handle differences with each other. Okay, We have to know how to speak to each other when there is a disagreement. And one good way that I like to think about it is, will my words that I speak be approved by God's word? If you feel like you have to say something negative, or if you feel like you are thinking something negative, think about this. Will it be approved by God's word? If not, don't say it. Ask yourself this question every single time there's an issue. Will your words be approved by God's word? Guys, being precedes doing. Being precedes doing. What a person is, they ultimately do. What a person is, they ultimately do. Proverbs 26.11 says, As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Are you doing what you are? Are you are what you're doing? 1 Samuel 26.21 sets a good example of what we need to do if we fall into that temptation, if we fail. It's okay, we're going to fail. But listen, this is a great example of how we need to be. Then Saul said, I have sinned. First thing he did right there, guys. What did he do? I have sinned. He confessed. He confessed. So write this down. Or type it in your phone if you're taking notes. Please be taking notes. I have sinned. He confessed. Come back, David, my son. Because you considered my life precious today, I will not try to harm you again. Two, he became thankful. Because you considered my life precious today, I will not try to harm you. He became thankful and committed to being in control. So one, he confessed. Two, he became thankful. And then lastly, he says, Surely I have acted like a fool and have been terribly wrong. Guys, thirdly, he admits he's wrong. He shreds his pride away. He shreds it. He sheds it away. He is shredding that pride. So the third thing we have to do is shed our pride. Get rid of it. Toss it. Kick it out the door. It's a three-step process there that I see he did. One, he confessed. Two, he became thankful. And three, he threw away his pride. Guys, we have to be throwing away our pride. We have to have a thankful, giving heart. And we have to confess our sins. I know it's hard, but we have to. Now, I want to talk about single people. I want to talk to you, single people. If you're listening to this and you're single, this part is for you. The whole thing is for you, but this I'm directing you to this directly at you. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be yoked with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wicked have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? If you're a Christian, if you're a Christian woman, if you're a woman, if you're single, if you're a girl, 
Don't be going after that boy, which you shouldn't be going after a boy anyways. He should be pursuing you. But don't be going after that boy who doesn't support your belief in Jesus. Mel, if you like this girl and she and she just doesn't want to know who Jesus is, doesn't, doesn't know who Jesus is, love her, be her friend, but don't you dare get into a relationship with her. So let me say this on both parties, on both sexes. It is a lot easier to fall than it is to stand firm. And if you surround yourself by wickedness and you're not saturated with the Word of God, by the way, how can you be saturated with the Word of God when you're with your girlfriend or your boyfriend, whom you probably spend the majority of your time with, that does not approve of God? It does not approve of living that lifestyle. It's not going to happen. You can't worship Jesus and listen to worship music on your car if your boyfriend shuts it off because he doesn't want to listen to it. You can't read your scriptures. You can't live by the word of God. You can't saturate yourself by the word of God if every single time you're with your boyfriend you just lay it on your desk or have to put it into a, a drawer because they don't want to see it. There's no way. And once you run dry on the word of God, which you will, you have to become saturated with something. And if it's not the Word of God, then I promise you it's going to be sin. If you become saturated with something, it's not going to become the Word of God. It's going to be sin. That's why you can't be with a non-believer, an unbeliever. Because it's impossible to love Jesus and live a life full of Jesus, live a life saturated in His Word ladies and gentlemen, but never read his word and never worship him. You must think about your conduct, your actions, and your words. Where will your choice take you? 1 Samuel 15, 22 says, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as obeying the Lord? To obey is better than to sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. God, so in other words, sacrifice is no good without obedience. Okay, your good actions won't get into won't get you into heaven. But guess what will? Your confessions, your thankfulness, and your forgiveness. Get rid of that pride. You could go out and give people money. You could go out and do random acts of kindness all day long. But if you don't do it through the love of Jesus Christ, and you're not a Christian. That's not going to get you into heaven. Just being real with you. This, this podcast is real. What will get you to heaven is your confessions, your pride, shed away, and your forgiveness. Micah 6, 7 through 8 says, Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of realms, with 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and love mercy and walk humbly with the word of God. So we need to be acting justly. We need to love mercy. Don't get anger. Anger is not of, the, anger is not of Jesus. And we need to be humble. Again, again, there it is. Shed the pride. Guys, no practice can take the place of time spent in God's Word.
If you're not already doing so, set some time aside every day to dive into God's Word. And if you have a family, get your children involved. Men, be a man. It's not manly. It is not manly to go into your room, close your door, get on your knees, and read your Bible, say a prayer, and then go to bed while your wife and your children are in the living room. That is not manly. That's cowardly. How can your kids, how can you expect your children to know Jesus and be men and women of God if you don't lead by example and say you just go close the door? Is that what they're going to think of Jesus? Is he just he closes the door on you? No. Get your children involved with your Bible. Get your children involved. Get their own Bible so that you can do a Bible study together. Pray with them. Pray over the food. How that, That's so important. It's the, it's the little thing. Sit down with them. Say a blessing. How many of you just sit down and start eating? What kind of example is that? God says bless the food. Let me bless it. God wants to bless it. Get your children involved, man. Be a man. If you don't lead example by example now, they're not going to lead by example in the future. Guys, God desires to meet with you every single day. God desires to meet with you every single day. Go meet him. I love you guys. Thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for this podcast. If you, I would be honored if you would subscribe, rate, and review. Guys, send me an email um, through my website, www.brianquick.net. And if you would, take a snapshot of your notes and email it to me. I would love to see you guys' notes. I would love to see what you guys are getting out of this. And feel free to ask me any questions that you would like, any um, anything that you would have part of this. I would love for you to be a part of it as well. Um, I love you guys. Have a great day. Remember, Meet with God every day because He desires to meet with you every day. the key.